0: to another episode of The Geek Whispers. I'm Matt Brender.
1: And I'm Amy Lewis. And I'm John Mark Troyer.
0: And we are still hanging out at Spice World 2015 in Austin, Texas. And we are full of delicious barbecue that only the way Texas can do. John might be a little oh. bit more full than others. <laughs> <laughs> meat <laughs> coma.
1: Hashtag. Hashtag meat sweats. Hashtag meat as a service. Ma is gonna oh. take over.
0: Matt delivered meat as a service today. Yes, yeah. yeah. Mitzvah, it was great. Really- <laughs> <laughs> <The> mitzvah. <laughs> well, well, this is already digressed, so before it gets any deeper down the dungeon of food jokes, we're happy to be here with one of the real Spiceworks users and a popular member of the community. Would you mind introducing yourself to the crowd? Sure.
2: All right. My name is Glenn Pitchford. I am IT director for a small nonprofit healthcare organization doing mental health and substance abuse. And my favorite saying is, we cure all we can and hire the rest.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. And what I really appreciate about the Spiceworks community is that everyone's pretty easy going, easy to talk to everyone, you know, it's SMB focused at heart around here so that a lot of people are uh, doing all the things themselves. So we want to take a minute and learn about your job and the career path that got you there. So why don't we start with what you do today?
2: What are you up to as a director of IT? Well, I'm very fortunate. I have a team of about four folks who work for me. They do all of the real work. (laughs) My job is to remove the barriers for them so that they can do that work. Often, it's it's a bit political. As IT director, I'm in management meetings, et cetera. But also, just make sure they have the training, the tools that they need to do the job.
1: So is is management what you always wanted to do, or did this kind of happen by accident? It it was mostly
2: by accident. I started out uh, with a a degree in programming, and and my true love is programming. Give me a blank screen and a problem. (laughs)
1: That's a that's, great That's line.
2: perfect for me. Oh, man after my own heart. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, these days, I am, they've turned me into a bit of a bureaucrat. <laughs> I do a lot of time in management meetings in, in-house as well as uh, coming here to Austin to meet with state agencies that finance us and things like that. But I keep my, my hands dirty in the, the hardware as well. Great, great. So
0: what, what keeps you active in the community as a whole? I mean, you're, you're at the director level, you're dealing with the bureaucracy of the, the role to some degree. I also want to dig into that because there seems to be a dissonance between what you love and what you do sometimes. And if you don't mind, I want to know more about that. But before we get there, what keeps you digging into this community
2: of, of Spiceworks itself? I think it's the relationships. I've been fortunate enough to be involved for uh, over eight years. I'm I'm one of the five or six folks who have been to all eight Spice Worlds uh, here. Oh,
1: wow. That's cool. uh,
2: And the company is fantastic. Don't tell my boss this, but it's the only one that could drag me away from my current (laughs) job. I would volunteer to be their janitor. (laughs) Uh, The corporate culture is fantastic, and it spreads to the community. This is like coming to a family reunion. Really?
0: That's special. I mean, that resonates with us. We've been part of the virtualization community for years, and we call it a reunion whenever we go back there. It's great to see that that community is just as strong for you here. So what brought you into the community
2: at first? What got you into this? It was the product, not the company at first. It Mm -hmm. was the the help desk tool, the inventory. And then as they rolled out the community, and and I started at first... uh, asking the difficult questions and getting help and then realizing that there were some not so difficult questions that I could chime in on, etc. And', uh, Humble and it from there <laughs> right, right. How, how do you over the eight years, how do you feel like being part of the community has affected your job performance and your career? I think it's, uh, it's given me a chance to be exposed to technology that may not be in my rack at the office immediately but is uh, something that I can consider down the road. For example, uh, we're looking at a server refresh, and I'm really getting interested in some of the hyper-converged technology I'm seeing from some of the vendors. Understand Uh, it, It makes sense for where we are. We're a small company. We don't have the silo of one person doing one thing and someone else dedicated to VMware, et cetera, et cetera. And so something like that is a solution that I wouldn't have had that much exposure to if I hadn't either been to this conference or even before that seen some of the the product literature and, and the, the webinars and things like that that come out from the vendors.
0: And how much of that comes from the trust that you've built with the relationship of the Spiceworks community? I say that because I'm sure you get emails from 95% of these vendors. You just might not pay attention to them as closely as as you get the opportunity to see other people actually using it so tell me a little about that
2: you're right there is a matter of trust there it's, it's not uh, 100% if Spiceworks recommends that I'm writing a check
1: yes. but uh,
2: the Spiceworks partners are on the top of my short list <laughs> uh, if I find another partner that uh, has a really great product and, and I'm going to buy it one of my conversations with the salesperson will be and you need to get yourself on Spiceworks because it's an awesome place to be as a vendor and uh it'll get more attention than what you've got right now. Huh. So so I'm pushing the vendors in that
1: direction. That's a great, it's a great chain there. And I love this concept of constant education because it may be looping back into what Matt was going to dig into a little bit where sometimes when we have to put our manager hat on, we don't get to be our individual contributor selves and we have to kind of maintain that. Is the community a way to dig into that, that inner geek and, and get back to the... The screen and the prompt a little bit. Do you do you feel more connected with technology through the community and being here? Get to put the director hat down. Oh,
2: absolutely. I uh, I find that my posts are about evenly split between wisecracks. <laughs> and, and, we call that rapport building. <laughs> uh, and the other half is is seeking out those interesting tickets or questions that intrigue me. Sometimes. Someone will ask about a, a PowerShell script they're having trouble with, and I don't have a clue. But it intrigues me, and so I'll go out and research it and poke together some some commands, yeah. and then you know post a solution to help them out. And there's a chance to learn a little bit more. Uh, I tend to learn by doing it because I don't have time to sit down and go to a week long boot camp or something. Like <laughs> that. Glenn, how did you get started in tech at IT? I was fortunate. Uh, I grew up reading sci-fi. And uh, also grew up on, or, or was on the debate team in high school. That was legalized arguing.
1: <laughs> that
2: was fantastic. I'm going to
1: so, high five Glenn because I'm a I'm a seven year veteran myself of debate.
2: Yeah. So I thought about law school, and then I thought I do
1: not want to go to school. That
2: long. <laughs> oh. And so yeah. my second choice was IT because I'd grown up reading about you know Isaac Asimov and the robots and things like that. And the fantastic thing happened. I get paid to do my hobby. (laughs) It's a fantastic place to be. I'm fortunate enough to work for a company that understands the value of IT, and that is worth three times my paycheck. I don't have to go to the office and beg for a budget. I don't have to justify what we're doing. And at the end of the year, when it comes time for me to go, here are my accomplishments, I'm sorry, my department's accomplishments, because I will not take credit for what they do. It is, here's what we've done, here's what we plan to do. And that that end-of-year review thing that everybody seems to want to do goes so smoothly. So it's a great place to be. They, they love what we do with IT. You
0: just opened up a, a floodgate of questions. Uh, so. <laughs> well,
1: I want to jump in and, and say what I love is pointing out that I think a lot of times we end up with folks on the show who work on the vendor side or on the, the partner side. And it's so great to remind people who are thinking about IT or maybe want to change that there's all kinds of paths up in the customer side. It doesn't have to be any particular industry. It doesn't have to be any particular place. And what a great story of it is about who you work with and the, your teams and, and the kinds of things you can put your hands on every day that makes a difference. There's a million different ways to be a technologist in today's economic environment.
0: Absolutely. It's it's necessary for everyone. And, and Glenn, what I really don't understand, and I hope to, is why did they let you do what you want? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> because, because uh, you know, to put some framing around that, I, a mentor of mine once said, like, go to a company where what they do is technology. That was his advice to me, because I, I'm in this for the technology. You said you're part of an NGO that appreciates that IT enables what they do. Those two things aren't aligned. I'm not saying that that rule I was given is, is the end-all be-all, but I'm curious to hear more.
2: Well, I, um, I decided a long time ago that I wanted to do what I was passionate about. And frankly, when it stops being fun, i wouldn't to do something else. Sure. As a matter of fact, I've been practicing. Do you want fries with that? Just... <laughs> so, uh, so I was very fortunate. I started out um, in a small programming shop and did that, and then through a couple of job changes over the years, continued to, to get more responsibility. But each time I was looking for not only a, a technology or a, a place that was exciting, but also a company that I could get excited about. And, okay. and it kind of goes back to that introduction. We provide mental health, mental retardation services, substance abuse services, and we're helping those folks that wouldn't otherwise have services. So I have dual passions involved the IT and the technology, and the, uh, the things we do, our line of business, you might say. But obviously, you had to build up a level of trust with the side of the organization. Absolutely. And so when I started, I was fortunate that I had been consulting for a similar company uh, in a different town. I went to work for them, so I knew some of the technology they were using, some of the connections to the state systems that they maintained, et cetera. Easiest job interview I ever had, frankly. And it was it was kind of neat, because when I was hired, it was a one-man IT shop, and I was not interested in that. But uh, I visited with them for a little bit, and and one of my main questions was, uh, you know, what are your IT plans for the next five years? And the CFO who was hiring me or or interviewing me responded with, I don't know, that's why we need you. And it was fantastic because they recognized that they needed to grow, they needed to be much more than what they had in the past. She's now CEO, so she's moved up and made the logical progression. I've gone from... Oh, let's see. The first title was IT coordinator. They loved coordinator. (laughs) Didn't know exactly what that meant, but I knew it was not going to be that guy that keeps tapes in the backup drive, (laughs) paper on the printer. (laughs) And so uh, it was a one-man shop. I was in the corner of accounting at first, but I had plans. And the plans were to automate as much as possible. And at the bottom of it, it was earn more than you cost. Mm -hmm. And so we started to grow. Our IT department is now five-strong. And for the size of uh, my company compared to my peers in the same industry, that's amazing. Most of them have, you know, one guy who tries to put out all the fires and a contractor that he calls. Mm -hmm. So
0: just to put it in context, how big is the overall company?
2: We have uh, about 320 staff. We're scattered across uh, eight counties of West Texas. (laughs) We go all the way down into the Big Bend area, uh, which is a great road trip, but... uh, not something you want to do very often. <laughs> sure. So I'm fortunate to have a great group of folks working for me that handle the details, and that's given me the chance to do what you referred to earlier, which is a move into more of a leadership and management role. And, and that's another area that really intrigues me. If I ever decide to go back and get that master's degree, it's going to be in IT management or IT leadership. As you do mentor your staff and as you mentor people on the Spiceworks forums, what advice do you have for them, and do you do you feel like the to get you know if career advice and, and advancement advice, and has that changed since uh, you started in IT? I think so. Um, when I was young, uh, the advice that I was getting was, you know, you, you need to be out there looking for something different all the time, I'm always looking for the next best thing. And now, as I look back on on my career, I'm getting a little up there. You can see all the gray hair. <laughs> Um, my advice to folks is as early as possible choose something you love because you don't want to burn your uh, time spin your wheels doing something to figure out it's not right for you And, and the best way to get there I worked for a consulting company fresh out of college. Uh, a lot of folks call it MSPs now. We were more of a programming shop. And so it gave me a chance to, to taste everything that was out there and decide, yeah, I, I want to be a coder. I don't want to be a network guy, etc. At the same time, it was small enough that I got a piece of all of that stuff, which yeah. helps me manage those kind of folks now.
0: Exactly. You can empathize with a, a large group of people.
2: Right. Oh, it's just an interesting career progression. There's a lot of people start in one place and then move to a consulting, and then they see lots of places. I like the other way, too, Is it did to give you a, a chance to look at in many different data centers, many different IT departments. And in many different lines of businesses. When we were consulting, we had uh, doctor's offices, lawyer's offices, a, a dealer of the big center pivot sprinkler systems for the farmers. They were making tons of money, and so we were doing software for the quarter software, so it wasn't just accounting stuff. That got old after a while. And so that, that chance to have that broad experience... Now gets brought to play whenever I'm at my company. I was really afraid that I'd be there for a couple of three years and get bored of doing the same old thing after being, uh, you know, in the yeah, I made everything position. you're do. Right, right. I'd program yourself out of a job. <laughs> yeah. But the cool thing is, I've seen my organization and, and my peers in, in similar organizations have grown in sophistication so much. We're, we're doing telemedicine now. And so it was a great opportunity to dig into that, not just the endpoint software and hardware, but also the networking required for
1: it. Well, and, and let's jump into that a little bit because I love what you just said. I think there is this fear in the industry that automation will consume and us all or, and, and cloud will, will destroy us, right? But talk to me about what you're seeing. It sounds like what you're seeing is kind of a new breadth of challenges and opportunities for the next gen coming up.
2: Oh, absolutely. I think the key is you've got to broaden your horizons a little bit. Don't get stuck in your technology. Don't just play with the toys. Take a step back and look at how the business works because you can't be the the tool they need you to be unless you understand where to apply yourself. And so I'm always in there looking for ideas, ways to, a lot of times I pitch the solution to my boss before it's ever a problem. Mm-hmm. And it's it's things are going to be fine here, but knowing what's coming from the planning meetings, I know that we've got some work to do to get this more automated so that you'll have the resources available to the next big thing you want to do. And so that, that business vision, being able to look beyond The IT department and the server rack and that type of thing, that's where you really add value.
0: That's incredible. And you're also ruining a a fantastic stereotype in, in my head because you've already framed us as your happiness is a problem in a command line. But you're telling people to pay attention to the business and see your value beyond that. And I think you really have quite a duality to the way you look at that world.
2: Oh, I agree. And, and I've been fortunate that uh, the, the folks that I work for have fostered that in me. They send me to leadership forums and things like that, and, and they've actually... As I look back on it, I didn't realize it at the time, but they were growing me, even though I thought I knew it all when I got here. <laughs> Obviously. And so uh, it's a pretty cool place to be. And, and we have kind of a, a dream team of about uh, three folks that work for the CIO. One's a clinical director, one is the CFO, and, and somehow I got stuck in that group. And so we are uh, her, uh, her SWAT team when she has problems, and it's a fantastic place to be.
1: So question there from your director's side. Two things. Like when you evaluated opportunities, what were some of those triggers that you looked for that let you know the company was going to be the right place and a place to grow? And conversely, when you're evaluating people coming in, how are you identifying that talent? How do you figure that out in terms of making sure they're a culture match?
2: looking for a match for myself, I was looking for a company that I could see significant um, need for my assistance. I was fortunate from the consulting days that I could spot those pretty easily. I didn't want to be the 15th programmer in the bank and, you know, slide a slice of pizza under the door to me every once in a while. I, I don't want to do that. So, so I was looking for someone, and it works out well career-wise because they're easy to impress. When I got there, They had uh, dump terminals and a a Unix mainframe. They couldn't spell network. And so we started out, I I strung a few cables in my day to get them started. (laughs) Um, The first network was actually a rollover cable between my office and the guy next to me because I was too cheap to buy him a printer. (laughs) Seriously, he could walk around the corner and get his paper off my printer if he wanted to. And so, a little bit down the road, of course, we start hiring folks. to Contractors to do the networking, and they saw the value. We dropped in a, a file share server, and then it was. And it was almost like uh, I was their local crack dealer because I'd give, them, I'd give them a little email, and then I'd give them a little file share, and all of a sudden, before long, they're standing at the door going, "You got the stuff, man." Office tools completely transformed. <laughs> right, yeah. right, and so now, of course, uh, it's it's EMR, and, and I get to satisfy that that coder in me because we did, oh, yeah? we didn't need an EMR that cost two hundred thousand dollars. And so my boss says, "Okay, what are we going to do? We got to we got to start getting off of paper, etc." We had a great clinical database, and so my DBA hates me for this. This one's mine. Give me me three weeks uninterrupted and I'll have the framework. It turned out to be five weeks because she didn't honor the uninterrupted. And so we had what we needed and we have a little homegrown EMR. It's it's basically scans coming in, a way to find that stuff. And so I still feed that monster occasionally. But at the same time, when I'm I'm looking, you asked the question about uh, when you're looking at hiring folks. My number one requirement is passion about what you're doing. I I love the role of mentor. And so I'll teach you what you need to know. You got to be passionate about it and you got to be trainable. And if you give me those two things, we're going to be great. And I know as a nonprofit, what I'm doing is training you up for that next job. I see it all the time. My folks come in, they spend four or five years with me if I'm lucky. And then the last one, my network admin... Moved to San Antonio to go for an MSP, and it was a perfect transition for him. He learned everything he could with us. He knew that the only way he was moving up in my organizations is if he ran over me with a bus. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and I I, I, I love it for him. He's got a great thing going, and so that's my role. To I understand as I train him up for everybody else.
0: Glenn, I, from from your mouth to every manager's ears, for for all sakes. I mean, you just I, I love love the passion that you bring. To the role and also the realism that it's not just about you, it's about the system you're in, it's about the individuals and what system they're in. Um, and the business, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the business itself is is humongous. It's it's kind of the reason you're there. And we, we seem to forget that in IT or or, you know, we we're staring at the bark of the tree instead of even the tree or the forest. The nerds. The nerds. (laughs) The
1: nerds. (laughs) So, well, I feel like you've answered this to some extent, but if you can give one more tip of advice, we're a very positive podcast, but we always like to say, if you had one thing in your career that you could warn a mentee not to do ever, ever again and save them from that mistake, what would be that one thing? Don't ever do this.
2: Don't ever decide to go into business with a friend.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's (laughs) That's
2: a good one. We won't go too far down that road. (laughs) That's Uh, fine. And if you do decide to be your own business person down the road, realize it's a roller coaster ride. Um, and, you know, you, you're you're up there producing and billing, and you finish that, and you look around and go, Oh, now what am I going to do? Go do the sales stuff, which is the ugly stuff that nobody wants to do, and then you get back up on the next project. So, find a good salesman, find projects that you're passionate about, and, and try to level off the troughs, and you'll be very happy.
0: Love it, Glenn. Uh, yeah, this was this was really wonderful. Thanks for sharing your experiences. Thanks for sharing with our community more about the way you interact with your community. And, my pleasure. And with that, where can people find you on, on the internet if they want
2: to follow up with you? But frankly, the number one place is the SpiceWorks community. Um, I, I, homie don't tweet. Yeah, <laughs> and, no, homie uh, don't tweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but what's your what's your handle on there? Uh, my uh, my handle on SpiceWorks is Glenn underscore P. Two ends in the Glenn. I'm afraid I'm fairly well-known around here. <laughs> Infamous is probably the better way to say it. Since I've been with them for so long.
0: No, that's, that's a great threat uh, that your infamy will live on in that community. All right, thanks again. This has been a great episode of The Geek Whispers.
2: We're out. You've been listening to The Geek Whispers Podcast, where we bring social media and community to enterprise IT. You can listen to all the episodes at our website, geek-whisperers.com, or check us out on Twitter, Facebook, or iTunes. Your hosts were John Mark Troyer, Amy Lewis, and Matthew Brender, better known on Twitter as Jay Troyer, Ninja, and MJ Brender. See you next week.